I'd like to read uh, a very well-known passage of Scripture, please, in Romans chapter 3, which is, uh, if you've got the same translation, on page 1351. Romans chapter 3, and starting at verse 21. But now, without law, righteousness of God is manifested, borne witness to by the law and the prophets, righteousness of God, by faith of Jesus Christ, towards all and upon all those who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth a mercy seat through faith in his blood. It's a very general statement of fact in verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you know, sometimes when you hear general statements like that, it's very easy to take yourself out of the equation and to think that perhaps... Yes, you might be a sinner, but there are people that are a lot worse than me. You read the news and you think, well, if anyone's a sinner, they are. If anyone's a sinner, they are. But do you know the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? You know, when my children fight, as they often do, and I tell them off, the worst, the, the first thing that they say normally is, well, she did it worse. She, he did it first. She did it to me, so I did it back. There's 101 excuses about the way that we live our lives. But let me tell you, dear friend, it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no ranking. There's no worse or better. We have all sinned. And come short of the glory of God. You know there's a story in the Old Testament. That King David had sinned. And as often happens one sin led to another sin. And God had to correct David. And bring in conviction. And make David realise that he had done something terribly wrong. And he sent a man called Nathan the prophet. And Nathan told her a little story about a man, a two men, a rich man and a poor man. And the rich man had lots of sheep. He had many flocks. And the poor man had one little lamb. But the rich man wanted this little lamb that the poor man had. And at the end of the story, David got very cross about the injustice of this whole story and, and everything else. He was very angry. And Nathan says, Thou art that man. And tonight, dear friend... God in his love would desire you to realise you are that person that has fallen short. Yes, the person next to you is a sinner. Yes, all have fallen short of the glory of God. But you, dear friend, have fallen short and are what's called in the Bible a sinner. Let us come to the realisation that we need a saviour. We have sinned. You have sinned. You have done things wrong. I have done things wrong. But tonight in the gospel, dear friend, you must come to it personally yourself. You are a sinner in need of a saviour. And the first part of the gospel, the first part of God's love, in fact, is pointing out that you are in desperate need of salvation. 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, this passage here that I read in Romans, it starts by talking about the law. The law in, in the Bible is God's expectations, if you like. The, the, the conditions for life. God said, if you do this and this and this, if you honour your father and mother, if you don't murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not lie, do all these things and you'll live. Those were the conditions for life. So what am I preaching tonight? Am I preaching that if you follow those things and you do your very best that you'll be saved? That as long as you follow uh, the, the, the rules set out, the expectations set out, that you'll be fine and you'll be allowed into heaven. And that ultimately what the good things that you do will outweigh the bad. Is that what the gospel's about? No. The gospel, dear friend, is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot earn your way to blessing. You cannot earn your way to removing even one of those sins that you have committed. You know, even if right now, even if right now sitting in this chair, in this room, you decided for the rest of your life you're going to do your very best to live a perfect life, to do everything right. Well, first of all, you wouldn't get very far. We all know what it's like to turn over new leaves and to make promises to ourselves that don't normally last very long. But what about the sins you've committed before? What about that long list of sins, that long and large heavy burden that you already carry? What about them? Can you remove them? No, dear friend. There's nothing that you can do that can pay the price of even one single sin. Nothing at all. He says we've, we've fallen short and come short of the glory of God. That doesn't mean just once. We come short continually. Every single day we add to the great list of things that we've done wrong that one day we must answer for. Every single thing that you've thought and said and done. And you know, it gets even worse really in terms of our position as, as lost sinners. Because when you read the Gospels and you read something like Matthew 5 and you read the way that the Lord Jesus says, well, you've heard it said that you shouldn't murder. But actually, you know, if you hate somebody, that's as good as murdering somebody. The whole uh, standard, if you like, gets raised to a point that it is impossible to stand before God without coming to the realisation that you are a sinner in need of a saviour. There is nothing, dear friend, that you can do that can wash away any of those sins. And, and he goes even further in Matthew. He doesn't just talk about the things that you shouldn't do. He talks, the Lord talks about the things that you should do as well. All the missed opportunities for doing good things. And you know, he finishes in Matthew. He says, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. Do we still think we're okay? Do we still think that the we're reaching the standard? Let's be honest with ourselves, dear friends. We're nowhere close to perfect. Nowhere close to perfect. And so where, where does that leave us? We can go even further, actually, because you can look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Compare your life to the perfection found in God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. The man who did everything right. And you find yourself coming short of that standard. 
the perfect, sinless Son of God. And how do I measure up to that? I don't even come close. I don't even come close. Continually falling short. Man, it says, Paul says, is not justified. Man is not set right before God on the principle of works. That means you cannot work your way to heaven. No amount of good things that you can do in your life can even counterbalance one single sin. Lots of people like to think that, as I said, at the end of it all, if you do more good things than bad things, that God will let you into blessing. Let me tell you, friend, there is not one thing that you can do that can in any way counterbalance the awful weight of sin. Nothing. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. God, as we sung in our first hymn, we sung about the perfect righteousness of God. But we also read in this passage here about being justified freely. So how can a sinner who's fallen short, like you and like me, find ourselves justified freely? How can a man, Job says, be just before God? What a question. What a question. And you know it's answered here in this passage. God has provided for himself a righteous basis whereby he can justify, set right a sinner. He can bring forgiveness and he can forgive you of your sins on a righteous basis. That means that he does things rightly. He does everything perfectly. And God, as we sometimes say in the gospel, God can't just ignore sin. God can't just uh, turn a blind eye to sin. God is a holy God and a righteous God. And everything he does is right. And that means that in order for you and me to be brought into blessing, that has to be done on a righteous basis as well. And what was the cost? Well, the cost, it says... In, in this passage here, it talks about redemption. And it says in one of the Psalms that the redemption of the soul is costly. And dear friend, tonight, your never dying soul has had a value put on it by God. And that value, in order to redeem your soul, if you will come to the Lord Jesus Christ and acknowledge him as your saviour tonight, the cost for that soul to be redeemed was the blood of his only begotten son the lord jesus christ that's the cost the cost of your soul the cost that it was to god and the cost that it was to the lord jesus it's not the perfect life of the lord that we're talking about in the gospel but it was the shedding of that precious blood that was the cost that was the basis where god could Move out in love and in grace towards you tonight and to forgive you of your sins. The basis, the foundation, if you like, had to be laid. And what was the cost? It was the cost of the Lord Jesus shedding that precious blood on that cross. God now has a righteous foundation. God has a right and just way of bringing you and me into blessing. And it's all because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has set forth a mercy seat. And it's through this blood. 
that God is able to forgive you. Through this man, it says in the Acts, through this man, forgiveness of sins is preached. And that's what the gospel is about. That you, with all your guilt, with all your burden of sins, can find in God a saviour God. And can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. And to know what it is to have every charge cleared against you. Forgiveness of sins. That burden completely removed. Gone and gone forever. Because of what God has done and because of what the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished on that cross at Calvary. What a, what a message of salvation. What a message of joy to think that somebody like me, a sinner, lost, unable to do anything from my own sight, and yet I can find my place in the presence of God, can know what it is to have joy, can know what it is to have peace, to know what it is to have hope. Because, not of anything I've done, but because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And that same message goes out, and it has gone out for 2,000 years, that you, a sinner, can come to know what it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a saviour. To come into all the blessing that God would have you come into. All because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Through this man is preached forgiveness of sins. And it's been done as I said, on a righteous basis, which means that what has been accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ has been done to God's eternal satisfaction. Nothing can ever be brought up again because it's been done rightly. You know, you look around the world today and there's very little of, of, of peace in the world today. People are very unsettled about all sorts of things. But you know, a Christian, their peace rests on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing that that blood that was shed on that cross is entirely satisfactory to a holy and a righteous God. That's what my peace rests on. I know that God has accepted the work and the worth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where my peace comes from. And dear friend, tonight, you can have that same peace. You can have that same joy by coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. The redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth a mercy seat. You'll forgive my rather rudimentary knowledge of Jewish feasts, but in the Old Testament, on the great day of atonement, part of the celebration involved two goats. And one of the goats... Aaron would take before the uh, take into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle the blood of this goat on the mercy seat before it and on it. And after he'd done that, he would come out and there would be another goat and he would confess all the sins of the children of Israel over this goat and it would be released into the wilderness never to be seen again. But you know, what was important was the goat that was, was killed and the blood sprinkled in the Holy of Holies before God. God provided for himself a righteous basis. I want to stress that to you tonight. That there is a, such a solid foundation in the gospel. God has provided a lamb for himself. God has provided a basis for himself. Not on anything I've built. Not on anything I've done. It's because of what he's done through the giving of his beloved son. 
That basis has been set. And it says here, the righteousness of God by faith towards all. God is now opening up the message of salvation to all. And yet what does it say next? Upon all those who believe. Oh dear friend, are you part of those that can say that your sins have been taken away, never to be seen again? Like that goat that was set off into the wilderness, never to be seen again. Have your sins been removed entirely from the sight of a holy and righteous God? How do you do it? You can't. But you can come to know the person who has uh, provided that basis for God to forgive your sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do except come acknowledge your sinnership, acknowledge your sins, come to realise that you are a sinner in a position of incredible peril, I suppose, in need of a saviour, but come to realise that God in his grace and God in his love has set forth the Lord Jesus Christ as the only qualified saviour of sinners. He gave his son so that you, dear friend, can come into blessing. God has set forth a mercy seat upon all and towards all. It says, doesn't it, somewhere, I think it's Hebrews, Christ also having been offered to bear the sins of many. Are you part of that many, dear friend? Are you part of that vast number? Many in this room tonight, you can speak to them. You can talk to them and ask them about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for them. Are you, though, dear friend, part of that many that can know what it is to have that burden of guilt removed? To know what it is to have every charge cleared? To know what it is to be able to stand holy and blameless before God? Are you part of that many that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal saviour? All have sinned. You can't escape that. But dear friend, it's down to you tonight. What are you going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not the default position. The default position is all have sinned. And we are away from God. But dear friend, you tonight can come. The opportunity is still there for you to come to know the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour oh may you realize that it is the only way god has provided one way to salvation and it's through faith in the blood of the lord jesus christ you know the rest of that verse in hebrews says something about that he will appear a second time without sin you know what a joy it is to the heart of a christian to know that the lord jesus christ is coming back Yes, the blood was shed on that cross. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ went into death. But it is not a dead saviour that I am proclaiming to you tonight. It is a risen and a living saviour and somebody that is coming back soon. First of all, to claim all those that belong to him. What a joy it is to the hearts of those that know the Lord Jesus Christ. To know that one day will be the day, will wake up. And you will hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ calling us home. I wonder whether you will be amongst that number. I wonder whether you will be amongst that number. And I wonder whether you have that hope in your heart tonight. That goes beyond this world. That goes beyond the hopelessness and the unsettledness. And the peace that the, 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 the storms of this world goes beyond all that. 
And you can find your peace and your joy and your hope in a person that is risen and living and seated at the Father's right hand in glory. That's where he is right now. And he's waiting for the Father's uh, voice, the Father's command for him to come back and to claim all those that are his. What a joy, what a hope it is for every Christian. He's not going to come that next time to deal with sin. That's been done once and for all. Never needed to be repeated again. That Jewish uh, festival, the event, the great day of atonement, that needed to be done every year. What the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished was done once and once for all time. Never needed to be done again. And we can look back on that cross and we can say that it is just as effective now as it was when it happened. It never needs to be repeated. The perfection of what was done on that cross meant that God was entirely satisfied. And the proof is in the resurrection of his son. The Lord Jesus Christ, as I said, risen and ascended. That's the proof. That's the proof that God was satisfied with the sacrifice that was made on that cross. And that's the reason, too, that I can have peace in my heart because I know that God has accepted what the Lord Jesus Christ did there. My, my appreciation of what the Lord has done waxes and wanes. It changes on a daily basis. And yet what holds firm is that the fact that God has accepted and is delighted in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. What peace you can have in your soul to realise that it doesn't rest on you and what you've done. It rests entirely on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And he's done everything eternally to God's full satisfaction. And tonight, dear friend, you can come into the good of what is being offered in the gospel by coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. Repentance towards God, admitting you're wrong, admitting that you're a sinner, admitting you're in need. And faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in that person. Faith that what he's done stands for time and for eternity. That's all there is to do in the gospel. Because it's been done. The work's been done. And all that now is required from you sitting here in this room is to respond to God's great invitation of grace. What an opportunity you have tonight. But dear friend, don't let the opportunity slip by. How many preachers have you heard at this desk say tonight might be your last opportunity? One day, somebody will say that and it will. Nobody knows how long you've got left. Nobody knows how long until the Lord comes back to claim those that are his. The gospel message is a time-sensitive message. How sensitive? Well, it says now is the well-accepted time. Don't even leave it, dear friend, until later on this evening. Now is the well-accepted time. God is providing you with an opportunity, the greatest opportunity for you to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the man that God is presenting to you tonight as a Saviour for sinners? And more importantly, a Saviour who can save you. Make it personal tonight. All have sinned, yes. But tonight, dear friend, you need to realise you have sinned. You need a saviour. But you can find in the Lord Jesus Christ a saviour 
that is your personal saviour. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And he still stands ready and willing and waiting to save. May you come to know him tonight for his name's sake.